In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And, Robin, we have just our philanthropic show today. We've got three charities on, all lined up. I think that's so cool. (laughs) That's part of what we do here, isn't it? Uh, All good stuff. All good stuff. Well, I went to, speaking of good stuff, I'll say it was great stuff. I went to an event last night for Gold Coast Veterans, which is a California Uh uh, Veterans Association. And it was very interesting because they used horses to raise some money for their organization. They did some horses in Ojai. They raised $40,000 doing um, some charity work. And these that group's going to come on in a a couple uh, months. I think they're going to come on in in, uh, December. December, another horse group. So we have a horse group today. Um, oh, fantastic. Now tell me, what was it that they were doing that um, was was so successful? What were uh, they doing well, they- with the horses? They were having the horses uh, work with the veterans to get them to talk about their experiences with PTSD, oh. their hesitation. Um, they weren't riding them or grooming or anything. They just were working with the horses and the uh, veterans. And they were, it was really exciting. And, um, you know, the whole night was really just lots of fun because there were veterans there from all wars, even going back to, you know, World War Two. And um, what was most interesting, though, is that they uh, were doing, uh, they had a judge there, and in Ventura County in California, they have what's called like a veterans court or a military court, and if you are convicted of a nonviolent crime, you know, such as substance Mm -hmm. abuse or theft or things like that, which is prevalent with our veterans, especially in correlation with PTSD, you go to the the veterans court, or I'm not exactly sure what they called it, but Mm -hmm. there's a special division of the courts just to deal with our military because of the special considerations that they have uh, having uh, been through the trauma of war. Oh my goodness, how interesting. It was. Wow. It was really interesting to see uh, the progressiveness of this one judge who was talking about how so many of these veterans sub- suffer from substance abuse as a direct result of PTSD and coping with PTSD. They don't get the treatment. They're, you know, could be from prior wars or they could be from our current war. Um, and she said to throw them just into the California state system as a criminal really 
really disrespects their their service. And because hmm. she believes a lot of the um, substance abuse is a direct result of the horrors of war, uh, she found that moving these people into a program that helps them with PTSD, then their substance abuse. I see. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Well, absolutely. There needs to be uh, support, but not everybody fits the right, uh, the, the standard, if you will. So I'm so glad that they're starting to realize that each, uh, that there are individual circumstances and that um, the, the, there isn't just a cold pr- protocol that needs to be followed, that there's some more individualization going on. That's really a, a win-win. That's totally, that's really great. It was pretty neat. And they had yeah. the DA there, and then they had the bailiff. And the bailiff was a former Marine. And yeah. uh, the bailiff and the, I think it was the assistant DA, I'm not exactly sure it was the DA or the assistant DA, got up and spoke. And he said what was very different in the civil court, you know, where they have mm-hmm. substance abuse for whatever reason, he mm-hmm. said there's a lot of disrespect, there's a lot of challenging of authority, there's a lot of contempt for the court. And, you know, as a, wow. a judge or as an attorney, you know, you have to deal with that. But he said in the, you know, the veterans court, the military portion of it, he said, it's amazing how we treat them with respect. They show up, they show up on time. They talk about, you know, with the judge and with their attorneys with the utmost respect. And he said, it's such Mm -hmm. a different environment and it just shows what we can do if we're creative. Absolutely. So positive, so wonderful, and such success down the road. That that's that's what really great. Yeah, that's cool. I happened to see on um, Operation Gratitude's Facebook page this week that um, they said happy 65th anniversary to um, the um, breaking of the sound barrier. Oh, (laughs) yes. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) There's a wonderful picture of United States Air Force Brigadier General Charles i.e. Chuck Yeager, retired. He was there. He looked spry. He looked chipper. And um, they they did, I guess, a reunion of sorts. Yep. And I thought that this was down at Nellis Air Force Base on October 14th, 2012. Yeager became the first man to break the sound barrier on October 14th, 1947, over Edwards Air Force Base in California. That's right down the street from me. I know. Isn't that exciting? That is, you know, and we had jets flying over today. We, I happen, I happen to live right in the flight line for Edwards Air Force Base. So, and it's funny, I can always tell what time of day it is because just around two o'clock they buzz my house. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, you know, <laughs> two o'clock. There they yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. We do have some folks coming on from Opgrad, don't we? Uh, in the next couple of weeks or so, I think. We do. We do. Yeah. We have. Um, we have here we go. Let's see. Oh, it's October twenty second. So coming up in a couple of weeks, we have Sue Pollard, who not only works for Operation Gratitude, but she is a gold star and a blue star mom, which is really pretty cool. I mean, that's. I mean, I would wow. have not want to have the blue star mom, but um, right. you know, to be representing those three magnificent groups is really pretty awesome. Oh, absolutely! So fantastic. Oh, um, I, I just, I, I, we should just let people know that if. If you are starting to gear up for the holidays, 
um, not only Operation Gratitude, but there are a number of organizations that are really revving up to be sending some care packages overseas. So by all means, this is something um, I think everyone needs to just see where you can do this and how you can do it. And there's all kinds of opportunities out there. So we want to make sure that we, I know, like I've said before, out here on the East Coast, we have something called Mormart, M-O-O-R-E. Mormart.org does a great um, distribution out here. So, and of course, Operation Gratitude is right out your way, Sandra. That is. It's down the hill from me, and it's really a lot of fun. I think, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there that serve the military at holiday time, and I really think you can't go wrong. You know, if you're a mom and you have, like my kids get way too many birthday and holiday presents as it is, so I kind of siphon them off, and I send those over to Toys for Tots, and, you know, their homework assignments that are really cute drawings we fold over and we make into holiday cards, and those go down to Operation Gratitude. We've sent scarves down. Um, Letters are such a great way. There's lots of different letter writing campaigns out there, and it really doesn't matter which one you choose as long as you choose one. Oh, absolutely. I know we do an awful lot with um, collecting uh, the chapstick or collecting um, playing cards, collecting all those kinds of things that can send over. And boy, each one is individually packaged for an individual. And we should also let uh, people know that our, our wonderful Facebook group pods parents of deployed service members they do a monthly birthday um send out so if you want to get involved with that if you are a parent of a deployed service member and want to be involved with their birthday campaign by all means go to parents of deployed service members they do an amazing job they do. They do some really fun stuff. I think that's what, you know, one of the things, Rob, that's so exciting about doing this radio show, even though we're over three years into it, you think we'd be bored by now. But, you know, people are so creative and they come up with all these great things, you know, like the birthday things, like the, you know, Carolyn Blaschek starting Operation Gratitude in her her basement. You know, I look at Debbie Gregory and all the work she did with Bamboa and, um, you know, that Veterans Courts Collaborative in Ventura, California. California is just, you know, they're just great ideas. Fantastic. And I I don't care. Every single person is so moved and touched by all of these efforts. In fact, case in point, I ran into a gal uh, at the grocery store. She used to be a Girl Scout leader here in town with me. And we, you know, did some, some how are you, haven't seen you in a while, all of that kind of stuff. And then I said, so, how are you? And she said, I'd be a lot better if I knew where my son was. And he was one of the, on the, one of the naval carriers that were deployed recently over to, I'm not sure where they were deployed to, to tell you the truth, and I'm sorry for that, but they were just recently deployed, and of course, there's no contact, and I said, you need to get in touch with either parents of deployed service members or, and I listed off a bunch of others, and I said, you have no idea how important it is to just talk to somebody else who's in the exact same shoes as you. And she said, absolutely. She said, somebody talked to her and was kind of trying to pacify her and said something, well, my son just went off to college. I know how you feel. And she stopped her dead in her tracks. And she said, no, you do not know how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) And good for her for kind of speaking up. But, you know, isn't it true? We have such a unique... um, 
environment around our military families and we do have very special needs and we do have very unique uh, emotions and all of those. So yeah, we, we definitely want to make sure that we put all those resources out um, so that everyone has, has that opportunity to network and share. Um, it's, it, it's very challenging and we just want all of those guys and gals to come back home safely. Sandra, you know, on the other side of the break, our first guest is Karen Jeffries, and she is the president and founder of the nonprofit Veterans Moving Forward, committed to transforming the lives of physically and mentally challenged veterans, helping them assimilate into society. I'm so excited to meet her. We'll meet Karen Jeffries right after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Familia, faith, identity, tradición. Latina life is never boring, but it can be muy dramática. So how do you coexist between the old-school ways of La Abuela and the new school life you're creating for yourself without losing your faith, familia, identity, or tradiciones? Welcome to Living Latina with Francesca Escoto, where culture curls and curves collide in one spicy cross-cultural conversation that will leave you begging for mas. Francesca tackles all the important issues, from politics to family values, to religion, to, you guessed it, relationships and men. As Chief Everything Officer at the WOW Factor, Francesca is passionate about showing women of all cultures, ages, and lifestyles how to rock what they've got with style, sass, and smarts. Be sure to join her every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Living Latina, only on the WooHoo Radio Network. Capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism. The historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years? How can we hold on to what we hold dear? And the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's in. Your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. 
Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And Robin, we've got such a great show coming up today. We're first going to welcome Karen Jeffries of Veterans Moving Forward, and that's an organization, a nonprofit, that's transforming the lives of physically and mentally challenged uh, veterans, helping them to assimilate in society and leave productive and fulfilling lives by using, guess what, Rob? What's our favorite animal? <laughs> dogs! That's right. I know. It's a toss-up yes. between dogs, cats, and horses. But hey, you know, we just, oh, you know, oh. we've done what? This will be our third dog show with our third dog organization, I think. And each one has something so special to offer. Karen, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Robin and Sandra. Thank you. I'm so delighted that you wanted to talk to us about uh, our creative approach in helping veterans through dogs. I'm glad to hear that your show hasn't gone to the dogs, but that you are concentrating on the veterans and their families. <laughs> what, is, uh, what is unique about veterans moving forward? Um, how do you approach your therapy and your support for veterans? We do it through two primarily uh, ways, and that is we're looking at the needs of the veterans first and matching up the dogs to the veterans. Many organizations train the dogs to near perfection and um, believe that the dogs can work miracles to any person who comes down the pike, and that's true on some level. And on another mm-hmm. level, we really, really think that the veterans can help um, get better and, and feel better about themselves while they're working with the dog. So some of our veterans are actually handling the dogs and engaging therapy with other veterans who, in their opinion, are worse off than they are. So it's a win-win. That's so interesting. Now, do you integrate with the medical team or the, or the clinicians that are working with the veteran to find out what those specific needs might be? Absolutely. What we do is the veterans apply through our program online with an application either to obtain a service dog that we train or if they need to um, have a dog help them with their therapy. So we work with their healthcare team and then we have a team of healthcare professionals that guide and advise us as well to see whether the veterans' needs are primarily the physical issues or the psychological emotional issues. Hmm. And then does the dog actually live with the, um, the veteran, or is this something that um, the, the dog may be used for a number of different service people? Well, in the course of the two years it takes to train a service dog, from the time we take it out of a litter um, from a, a professional uh, breeder and a healthy dog until they're placed with a veteran and matched up with their needs, during that two-year period of time, we will use that dog as a comfort dog or a therapy dog along the way. And a comfort dog is very much a 
a dog that puts a smile on someone's face, provides the motivation, and makes them feel good. And that engagement is defined as an animal-assisted activity. We may never see that person again. Um, and then we also do therapy work. So with the healthcare team, there's a specific need in what the, the session should include with the therapy dog. So our dogs will help the therapist and their team get better. And then while we're figuring, while that dog is growing up to the two years of maturity, we have a much better feel for whether that dog is better suited for a man or a woman, for somebody with physical issues, somebody with emotional issues, somebody with a very active lifestyle, or somebody with a very sedate lifestyle. So we use our dogs um, during the entire process, and we, they move in and out of their roles, and the goal is assistance dogs to help us serviceman or woman, a veteran, mitigate their disability one-on-one. Hmm. So are there certain breeds that you choose? You know, when I see like Freedom Dogs and, you know, all the different dog organizations, yours out there as well, I see a lot of labs. I see a lot of um, the same type of dogs. They look alike to me, you know, being right. a layman. <laughs> Well, and, and that's because they're such smart dogs. They're easy to train. They're gentle. They're not frightening to the general population. They're very, very smart. You know, a lab can pick up and retrieve a piece of fruit out of the fruit bowl without destroying it. There's not a lot of slobbers. There's not a lot of mess. They're very gentle. It's very easy to train these dogs. They're just so loving and smart. Ah, so I'm not crazy thinking I'm seeing the same, I used to think it was the same ad dog, like there must have been some like, you know, military <laughs> ad dog, like Nathan on your site, you know, that's just such a pretty dog and, you know, appears everywhere, but it is breed specific. Well, it is breed specific and there's a whole psychology behind it too. Many people are terrified of a big black dog. Um, mm-hmm. And the German Shepherds were used for many, many years as service dogs, and they're now used more for, for police activity and law enforcement and bomb detection. And so there's this whole perception about what those dogs can do, as well as they tend to get a little bit more defensive and protective of their owner after a long period of time. And we have a veteran whose health is deteriorating. We need the EMTs to be able to respond and not having a dog stand guard and keeping them at bay. Oh, that makes so, sense. It's very much it's a team approach and what are the needs and expectations of the veteran long term. What's the hardest part of of um, using, you know, animal assistance service dogs, you know, beyond the cost? We know it's very, very expensive to train these animals. And, you know, you're looking at a two-year process, which is a, a very expensive. What Beyond cost, what's the hardest, um, the biggest challenge you face in your program? I think it is to explain the program and uh, make people really understand the need and how much value these dogs bring to someone's life. There are so many misperceptions out there. There are people that are going online and purchasing a vest or a cape and a uniform and having an ill-mannered, untrained dog and taking it on an airplane or in a public setting and saying, oh, this is my, my personal service dog. It's really tough that when there are organizations that spend a couple years training a dog to the appropriate standards and the dogs have the right temperament and personality and disposition and appropriate behavior to compete with someone who has a little dog that is just not appropriate. And, and everybody knows it, but people are scared and fearful of addressing that. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Nobody wants mm-hmm. to be the one person that, you know, picks on the, the, the disabled person or the person right. with the disability and all of a sudden you're wrong. That would be me, right, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look like a service dog. That is not a service dog. I heard it on the radio. Yeah, I, 
They just but take me away. I mean, a, ser- a service dog doesn't bark uncontrollably. A service dog doesn't eat food off the floor. A service dog doesn't just wander away from its person. They're not off-leash. Um, there are some things that you can expect of a service dog when you are out in public, when you see someone with a service animal, service dog at a restaurant or at a store or something. That makes a lot of sense. You know, that, oh, that um, but God, people are crazy, aren't they? <laughs> Some people are. Some people are. <laughs> I like the bumper stickers that my dog is better behaved than your child. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's a given. <laughs> I mean, boy, uh, that's a given on any day over in my house. <laughs> so your dogs must be used to being what if a family already has a dog but this dog comes in and has some special uh jobs to do with their with their uh partner i guess we'll call them partners because they are partners they're working together they are partners and it depends on the household um, if there's many, many, many dogs in the household, it may not be appropriate to bring in another dog at that time. The family, mm-hmm. that's part of the whole process of identifying if a family or a veteran is ready to receive a dog. Where are they living? Do they have stability? Are they able to maintain and care for this dog? Because there's a responsibility to keep this dog healthy uh, so that the dog can do what it was trained to do to help that veteran. Mm-hmm. If somebody's capable mm-hmm. of providing exercise for that dog and taking the dog for walks and making sure it's groomed and cleaned and it's fed a proper, healthy diet. I mean, organizations like us get them ready and can help with some aspects of that over the next several years, but there is a responsibility on the recipient's part, too. That's what I was just going to ask, too. What about uh, whose responsibility does it fall in as far as the veteran, I mean, the vet, veterinarian bills and so forth. Right now, Veterans Moving Forward is a young organization, two years old. We are just now reaching that threshold and negotiating our way through that. Um, We will give the healthiest dog. We will not give a veteran a dog that we've trained and raised that has health issues, just not going to go down that road. And then when we take the dog with a veteran, we want to know what veterinarian they have in mind, work out relationships with that veterinarian, and most veterans that are living near military posts, they can take the dog to the nearest veterinarian clinic on post. You know, many Army posts have veterinarian clinics. That's so, so interesting. Karen, where can we find out more about your program? You can go online to VetsForward, V-E-T-S-F-W-D, dot org, and mm-hmm. our information is there, applications for service dogs, or to join us to be puppy raisers, or to join us with your personal pet that might work as a therapy dog that can engage in therapy with healthcare providers that are treating veterans. The applications are there, and we will um, respond to the applications and the telephone calls and conduct interviews and get people on our team. That's fantastic. And also, I'm sure if somebody wants to contribute and become a donor, do you have uh, ways that people can support you that way? We do, and thank you for asking. We have a donate button in the top right corner of our website, as well as people can send us uh, checks, uh, use their credit cards, and all of that is on our donation page. Um, That's fantastic. Say, uh, we, have, we have a dog, if I may real briefly, we have a dog right now in the final stages of her training uh, with a veteran. And this veteran who has PTSD after eight years of combat tours said that for the last three weeks when he's had this dog, he has not had a nightmare in, in three weeks. 
Oh, God bless him. Um, so Isn't that we, wonderful? Karen, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Karen Jeffries from Veterans Moving Forward. And again, that website, vetsfwd.org. Thanks, Karen. Thank Coming so up after the break, we've got uh, Sydney Knott. Uh, she is from Horses for Heroes. Since 2006, this Las Vegas-based nonprofit has introduced more than 5,000 servicemen and women to horses in horseback riding. We're going to be back after this. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Are you ready to get your woo-hoo on? From business and branding to babies, best-selling books and personal breakthroughs? Then it's time to tune in to Woohoo Radio. Love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness with your host, Lisa Stedman. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. central on toginet.com. Using her signature blend of inspiration, motivation, and kick-butt action, best-selling author and chief woohoo woman, Lisa Stedman, wants to help you discover the woohoo that only you can do. Lisa will show you how to create your signature woohoo way of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness without losing yourself. If you're tired of a one-size-fits-all approach to career, relationships, and personal growth, get your weekly woohoo on with Lisa and her rock star guests as they reveal their personal stories of bouncing back from boohoo of rock bottom into the woohoo of love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Check out her website, lisastedman.com. Join us for Woohoo Radio, love, life, business, and the pursuit of happiness. Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms. Well, we are halfway through the show. Uh, We had Karen Jeffries. For those of you who uh, missed that segment, definitely need to check her out at Veterans Moving Forward. Uh, Now we're going to welcome, we've got Sydney Knott. It's Animal Day for Horses for Heroes. (laughs) This is such a great organization. I love the creativity. I love what people are doing. Sydney, are you with us? I am right here. Thank you. 
Oh, so great to have you. Now, you got to tell me, you've got some cool history behind this, um, going all the way back to Gunsmoke. <laughs> <laughs> so why well, don't you tell me a little bit about that? I was just going to say, you know, what 50-year-old woman out there didn't grow up watching uh, John Wayne movies and Gunsmoke and Bonanza and you know, we all, uh, a lot of little girls in this country love horses. A lot of women love horses. We all love horses. I didn't have the opportunity as a young girl growing up to ride horses. I just watched them on TV and movies and read books about them. And so it's an absolute joy that my family and I have that we can share our love of horses with the uh, military families and their, um, and their children and their, and their active duty, active duty uh, service members. Hmm. So how did you get involved with the military? How did you come up with the idea that you wanted to have these programs that help military families? Well, living in Las Vegas, we clearly have Nellis Air Force Base and Creech here. So we have more than 10,000 active-duty military members in our community. So it's hard not to love the military when you live in Las Vegas. And I think, like most Americans, we were certainly struck by the activities of 9-11, the uh, tragedy that occurred here, and we were motivated by the act of... Um, the, the heroic acts that we saw here in, uh, in here on the home front and overseas, and we wanted to do something to say thank you to these men and women who serve. And our way of saying thank you is to make it possible for them and their family members to ride horses. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Horses for Heroes does? Well, Horses for Heroes is a, a national organization. I'm proud to say that we have 197 host facilities in 43 states. And wow. we are basically uh, a group of barns that have opened up their barn doors wide to these, uh, as I said, to this, the active duty service members, veterans, survivors. We get that question a lot. Absolutely survivors, wounded warriors, and their families to welcome them to come out to the ranch, ride a horse. If it's something that they'd really like to do with their family, we'd love to get them involved in our lesson programs. But for many of them, they just want to come out, have a wonderful family bonding time. What a great way for a family to get reacquainted after a long deployment um, or after a time in the hospital to have some time at the ranch away from technology and a way to, uh, to get to know each other again. I think that is so important what you just said that you you have uh, you welcome survivors that you are realizing that that extended military family is um, very much in need of this kind of therapy and I'm sorry being on a horse is therapy I don't care what you say that is the mo one of the most wonderfully therapeutic things to do is to be able to just sit and bond with those gorgeous creatures. Well, it's absolutely true because we like to say we, uh, that all therapeutic riding, that all, all horseback riding is therapeutic and that all of us have special needs. We truly do. And one of the things I think we need to understand in this country is, and we're hearing it a lot in the news these days, but we hear that folks that are struggling with PTSD and various issues really don't want to go see a therapist. They don't want to sit across the table and talk about their feelings. They're worried about the stigma. They're worried about the expense. They're worried about it getting back to a permanent record. So here's an opportunity where a family or a soldier or a veteran can just go out to the ranch and say, hey, I'm going to the ranch. And no one has to know why he's going there or she's going there. 
but they will get a therapeutic experience, but certainly without the expense or stigma of going through a, a actual therapeutic session. Hmm. Well, and I've watched equine therapy before with uh, with troubled kids, uh, at-risk kids, and then uh, adults with PTSD. And it's amazing how just being in the presence of these animals makes a difference. Because, you know, not everybody wants to ride. Some of them will brush the horses. Some of them will just sit and look at them. And, and it's amazing how I've watched with the assistance of, you know, the therapeutic part aside when you combine that sometimes with a skilled therapist in a setting that's completely natural that doesn't feel like anything the stories the emotions everything comes tumbling out um, of both these adults and children I think it's like you can't lose whether it's comfort therapy you know or just being in the presence of I think it makes a huge healing difference to anybody involved including me well, I think one of the interesting uh, aspects of that, we, we, we certainly witness it every day, whether it's the child that moves every two to four years and doesn't really have that great of a childhood because they are moving all the time. I shouldn't say they don't have a great childhood, but they certainly don't have the, the benefit of staying in one place and having uh, you know, the, the foundation. And so by creating this environment and by creating the network, hopefully as they uh, go around the country, They'll, have a, they'll be able to find a new barn with their two-legged friends and four-legged friends. But I think that what we see here with the, the veterans with PTSD, even extending to women in the, in the shelters, victims of domestic abuse and violence, there's something very childlike, isn't there, about a horse, that when you put an adult on a horse, they just look like that little boy or girl they once were. And when you can bring that person back to that point where things were different for them, they hadn't gone a certain path, you can now, as a therapist, you can now sort of restart that person. But it's just an amazing thing I see. You put a, a, put a grown woman, a grown man on a horse, and they get this grin and this light emotes from them, and they just become so childlike. And so that gives you that opportunity to sort of shed that, that exterior um, the the armor that they've worn for so many years that's kept them safe. They're now able to soften their edges a little bit and become a become an actual friend to the horse. And horses, you know, are non judgmental. They themselves are prey animals, so they're more afraid of you. People don't know that mm. than you are of them. But they are giant. They are they are actually prey animals. And so the reason why all these magical things occur is because they are allowing you to be in their presence because they have determined that they can trust and respect you. And le- teaching people to trust and respect themselves and learning how to trust and respect others, you can start all of that with horses. We do it every single day. Well, and who doesn't love it? Like, I love it when the horse pees or the horse, you know, poops in front of everybody or passes gas. I mean, that just brings down everybody there. I don't care if you're five or 95. When that happens, everybody giggles and it totally breaks the ice. Of course it does. Of course it does. Alrighty. What an approach, Dan. <laughs> well, but you know well, well, we also have to tell kids, you know, I mean, we get a lot of kids these days that don't, don't, let me just say they don't get outdoors a lot. And, you know, you need, you need the flies, you need the, all the things you just said. And people need to realize that that's just a normal part of life. It's part of being resilient. It's part of coping skills. And you need to, um, you need to just get out there and experience everything that the great outdoors has to offer. 
Sydney, how do you go about finding all of these ranches across the country? If you're in as many states as you say you are, you must have to be traveling all over to sort of oversee or at least be in contact to find out what kinds of horses they have available, what needs those horses would because as as we were talking with Karen in the past segment, each dog has a unique ability and would fit the needs of different people. I'm sure this is the same with the horses. Absolutely, and we have a couple of uh, tools that we were able to take advantage of. The, the number one thing about horses for heroes is think of us as a giant co-op, if you will. So the organizations, the facilities that come under our umbrella are already doing this. They're either a therapeutic riding center or they are a lesson barn, and so they're already doing programs. They have the horses, and um, they have the horses, they have the activities, they have the camps, they do adult programs um, all ages. All we're asking them to do, much like with a Girl Scout or 4-H, is to open their barn doors for our people for our special group of people, which is obviously military families, first responders, and the people that we serve. So it's not, it's just not difficult. If they're already accredited through a number of the various associations that are out there, makes our job a lot easier because they've already been gone through a process to determine that they're okay. They have the insurance. They have all the safety standards. And all they need to do is just allow our people to come in and, uh, and take, part of the, uh, take part of their activities. When a facility comes to us and wants to be a part of our organization and they don't have those accreditations, we then have to go to local resources, you know, call upon their letters, uh, the, the, their references, and do a better job. But, you know, the, the wonderful thing is there's lots and lots of horses, lots of breeds. We're an able-bodied riding program, so whether you're looking for English or Western or beginning or advanced or dressage, you know, we will have a facility to meet your needs somewhere in the country. That's fantastic. We only have a, a little over a minute before the uh, next break, uh, Sydney. What about volunteers? Before we say goodbye, I want to just double-check on volunteers. Could people volunteer for these programs? Absolutely. We all need volunteers every single day from grooming and mucking to uh, leading horses around and, and just helping in the office. So depending on the facility and what part of the country you're in, certainly encourage you to contact one of our partners and uh, offer your services. And you can always visit our website at horsesforheroesusa.com to find the facility near you. Wonderful. That's horses with the number four heroes dot org. And uh, we we horses. thank you, Sydney, not for this. Oh, I'm sorry, what? I'm, I'm sorry, it's horses for heroes USA dot com. USA.com. Okay, because I had two. <laughs> so thank yeah. you for the clarification. I no had problem. two URLs. Thanks so much. And uh, definitely look at what you might be able to do in your area because, as she said, she's in so many different states. We want to make sure that everybody has this opportunity. Thanks, Sydney, so much. We appreciate your time. Uh, coming up after the break, we have Dr. Russ Jeffrey. Uh, when his son was 10, they gave him a Build-A-Bear gift certificate, and he made the Sarge Bear. Well, uh, Sarge has continued for over the years, and now that their son Benjamin is in the Army, so is the Sarge. We'll be back in a moment to learn more about General Sarge after these messages. Keeping the home fires burning? Well, 
that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. What time is it? It's MILF and Cookies time. Join the rowdy and fun world of Shannon and Amy, two moms I'd like to Facebook, and catch a glimpse of these two best friends as they enjoy their MILF status and devise ways to keep it. They, along with their special guests, will happily reveal their best-kept secrets on how to feel beautiful from the inside out. Some of the fun segments include Happy Hour with Skinny Girl Margaritas, Confessions of a Bad Eater, Making Your Own Money is So Hot, for keeping your milk status. And don't forget the cookies. We're still moms after all. And best friends are like a good brawl. They never leave you hanging. Shannon represents the ladies in their 40s and is also a woman who came into her cool status late in life after a good long run with a glee club. Amy, on the other hand, is walking the 30 set and as a high school cheerleader has pretty much been cool her whole life. Look up with host Shannon and Amy every Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Central for Filth and Cookies. Here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Learning to connect with those close to you who have passed on. Do you feel you'd be more at peace or more in balance in your life if you could only have that connection? Now you do. It's time for Alex Laws and the Alex Laws Hour. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Alex discovered an incredible balance that allowed him to listen and receive messages from the other side. Not your traditional psychic medium. Alex has spent the last 27 years as an endurance athlete and entrepreneur. At the core of Alex's abilities is his knowing that in order to open one's soul to the universe, one must open their heart to being authentic. The wisdom Alex has shared from those beyond the veil has helped at an international level and changed people's lives and sometimes, too, their direction in life. Need help with your life or business direction? Tap into the spiritual realm of Alex Laws. For more information, check out alexlaws.com. Then join us for the Alex Laws Hour with Alex Laws. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, here on The Rock. Star Radio Network. Put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us out. Put your name at the top of his list and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. Robin, are you there? <laughs> I am. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that exciting? I I just want to go out to the farm now. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. I just think of, like, how much... My mom enjoyed watching the horses in her final days, how much my kids get a kick out of them. I mean, between kids and dogs and horses and, you know, people, you just can't go wrong. I know, I know. We do. We have a number of them over here because I'm in a more rural area, so we do have an awful lot. But it's really nice to know that there's a network of um, farms that do open their doors and are, are willing to provide this kind of service. What a wonderful organization. It is. It is. And we got another one coming up today. We're three for three. From um, dogs, great organization. <laughs> now we're going to bears. It's lions, tigers, and bears this week. Um, oh, my. We're, <laughs> we're going to go talk to uh, Russ, Dr. Russ Jeffrey, and I love his wife's name, Sandra. It's just such a great name. Um, but they have a program called... 
called uh, General Sarge, Comforting Military Families One Furry Friend at a Time. Uh, Russ, are you on the line? Yeah, I am. Thanks for having me, Sandra and Robin. I appreciate it. It's great having you. Oh, it's such a great, um, I love teddy bears. My, I have my dad's original teddy bear from like 1934, and he doesn't have a uniform on, but um, I just think that they do such a great job comforting kids. And I want you to tell the story of how um, you have your son, SPF, um, SPC Benjamin Jeffrey, currently serving in Fort Lewis for the Army. Um, tell me the story about General Sarge and how he came to be. Well, when uh, when Ben was nine, we got him a gift card for for Build a Bear Workshop, and he went to Build a Bear, built a teddy bear. Actually, with with my mother, um, they built bears at the same time, and he called his teddy bear Sarge. I dressed him up in a, in a military <laughs> uniform because he always wanted to join the army, even back when he was nine. And then he he just turned twenty in August, and when he was eighteen, he signed up for the army, signed up for the infantry, and he was heading off to Fort Benning in January for for his basic training two years ago. So what do you get a kid who's going to basic training when, you know, Christmas you get them, you know, toothpaste socks? Well, he doesn't need any of that. So really, as a joke, my wife and I were walking through the mall and said, what do we get him for Christmas? And walked by the Build-A-Bear store. And said, let's get let let's get Sarge a new uniform because through the years, you know, he had lost a boot. You know, we had no idea where his cover was. So we went in, we bought this uniform, wrapped it up, gave it to him for Christmas. And the first thing Ben noticed when he opened up the new uniform was his ah, Sarge got a promotion to general because it had a one star general on it. So he turned into General Sarge. When he went to basic, I told him, I said, I'm going to take pictures of, of the general, just things that you and I would be doing maybe on a daily basis. I'm going to toss them up on my Flickr account as a way for me dealing with the fact that, you know, not only was Ben going into the Army, you know, not to be a computer programmer where he could be safe, it's the infantry. It's like, why the front lines? After about five or six days, I started to notice a lot of people were looking at the pictures on Flickr. The one that really took off was a picture of the general and I making snow angels, because we're here just outside of Rochester, New York, and he making snow angels. So I then started a blog, and then actually build up our workshop on Twitter, sent me a note, saw what we were doing, said, we like this. Okay. And then a few weeks later, they sent me another note and said, what's your mailing address? We have something that we want to send the general. So they actually sent him a dress uniform. So when we went to Ben's graduation at Fort Benning in, in April of that year, the general had a dress uniform to wear for graduation. And it just really kind of started to take off as we then started, you know, here and there giving teddy bears away to military kids. And one of the first teddy bears that we gave away was was to a little girl named Ariana. Both her parents are in the Navy, and she, and her mother nominated her for for our for our military child salute, and said Ariana is getting ready to turn two, and I'm in Afghanistan, and her daddy is on a is on a naval ship, and we're really missing her. She's going to turn turn two with her grandparents. Will have to be in August when Ben's birthday is also. So I had, so I wrote back and said, when the general found out that you were going to be separated from your parents, we decided that we want to send you something special. 
my wife and I actually went out and bought a Navy teddy bear and sent it to her. About three weeks later, I received an email from her mother saying, Thank you, Doc. We didn't know you were going to do that. I was Skyping with Ariana last night, and she was dancing around with her bear and said, Mommy, whenever I miss you and Daddy, I give my bear a great big hug. And here's this mother in Afghanistan as a medic with the Navy working with, with, a, with an Army um, outfit. And she said, you just made my countdown a little bit easier. And that's when I said to my wife, you know, we're, we're on to something. We, we need to do this. And it has grown now to over the past year. We've only been around for about a year and a half, two years. We've deployed about 35 teddy bears to military kids. We have another 45 sitting here ready for deployment. And it's just kind of amazing. And, and while, you know, Ben said to us when he deployed to Afghanistan, he said, I'm never getting the general back, am I? <laughs> said, no, he stays here with us. But he did take what we call general stealth. So he does have a teddy bear with him because there's just something about teddy bears that are comforting. Absolutely, absolutely. And what's so amazing about this is I can fast forward 10 years and see 100,000 bears going out the door because Carolyn Blaschek started her Operation Gratitude with her, her soldier gift boxes in her basement, you know, just one soldier at a time. And then all of a sudden, you know, 10 years later, they're at 800,000 um, smiles sent across uh, you know, around the world. Well, it's when we, we did an event uh, last year and we were at a Build-A-Bear workshop store and, and one, of the, one of the area lacrosse teams, they, they, were doing, they, they were doing bears for us, donating bears to us. And a mother came up and saw us and said, you know, what's going on? And so we just, you know, we told her briefly what was happening and she said, you know, see this little girl here, you know, she's five. Uh, and said her daddy didn't meet her until she was a year and a half because he was deployed in the army and and she said thank you and she came up after in tears and she said thank you for remembering the kids because i think one of your earlier guests said you know the kids they get shuffled around and a lot of times military families that you know we think you know there's things for the soldiers there's things for the spouses but we think well the kids aren't really affected but they are and, and they're drafted along with mom and dad. Yeah, you know, mom and dad might go in the military, but they're literally drafted. They have to go along for the ride. That's we right. We call them our little heroes. Well, and and we actually when, when we when we salute a child every week, we salute a child, and and they 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 receive a teddy bear, um, and and it's also it's it's branch specific. So today we saluted a little uh, a little boy actually whose whose dad was in Afghanistan. Um, at 34 weeks, his 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 mom went into a coma. They actually had to do a C-section. Um, he's based in Texas. So we we saluted we saluted little John today, baby John, and he is getting an army pup. Last week, we we saluted marine kids, so they're getting a marine, you know, that that we sent them out marine, and we call them furry friends because they're not all teddy bears, they're not all bears, you know, we have elephants, we have monkeys, Um, so so we call them furry friends. One of the really big things we're working on, too, is Sandra and I wanted to make sure that every fallen hero's child and family member of any fallen hero from Ben's Brigade that, that are currently deployed to Afghanistan, we want to make sure that, that, that they receive a teddy bear. 
Um, we have nine fallen heroes so far from from his brigade. So again, we have, you know, with how are we going to do this? That could be a lot of bears. Um, you know, Build a Bear Workshop. They donated twelve bears to us, and then we got them signed by a bunch of NASCAR drivers at Watkins Glen. We have one that was signed by every single driver who ran in the Finger Lakes 355 this year in August at Watkins Glen. And we're going to auction those off, um, and, and the auction is going to finish off on Veterans Day, November 11th. Um, we're going to do it up on eBay, and you know, and that's to specifically raise money so that every child and every family member from Ben's Brigade, I mean, we figure it's the least we can do. You know, General Sarge's human, human owner is, is in Afghanistan now, and, you know, is is a you know a little self serving kind of, but you know our son's serving with the brigade, and so we want to make sure that every every family member get a bear. So we're pretty excited about that as well, and just the support is amazing, and we're amazed. You know, Saturn and I sit back and go, wow, you know, this has only been a year and a half, and look at where we are. This is just incredible. It is incredible. You know, the kindness, the thoughtfulness, the just the the um, willingness. To start something and try something is how so many of these fantastic organizations start, and I know you're going to be on track on that for two reasons. <laughs> One, I think your program's really great, and number two, I'm from Canandaigua, so now I know exactly where you're talking about with Watkins Glen, and I figured if Military Mom can originate out from a little girl in Canandaigua, then General Sarge is just going to burn up the Internet and help these deployment kids, help the kids of uh, fallen soldiers. It's just such a great, great um, opportunity you have to make a difference in the world. Uh, we've got about a minute till we have to go uh, for the end of the show. How can people reach you? How can they get involved? Where can they send donations? What can they do in about 30 seconds? The easiest thing, go to generalsarge.com. There are links there for, for military salutes, for military winners, for a gift to bear campaign. Hit generalsarge.com. Our number, our phone number is really easy as well. It's 234-738-BEAR. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrific. That's terrific. Thank you so much, Russ, from my home area coming on the air today. We found each other on the Internet, so make sure everybody out there is searching for different organizations that you can donate to and you can help. Next week on our show, we're going to have Debbie Gregory from Bamboa, and that's the Veterans uh, Business Association. We're also going to welcome Sue Pollard from Gold Star Moms, Blue Star Moms, and Operation Gratitude. We're going to talk a lot about what we can do to help these organizations make a difference. My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Military Mom Talk Radio along with Robin Boyd, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>